use the force to live long and prosper. I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilo Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. By Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> what a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Winter is coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. Hey, old Kermit. Your ties are cool. So say we all. This is a play on nerds. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, to episode 169 of A Play on Nerds. Nice. As always, I'm Steve. This other guy is... Jarman. Thanks for joining us. And we're going to co-host the hell out of this thing. And this week, in honor of the upcoming film Renfield, featuring Nicholas Holt and Nicholas Cage, we wanted to revisit the first time Nicholas Cage was in a vampire movie. That's right, folks. (laughs) We're venturing back to talk about Vampire's Kiss the 1988 Nicolas Cage classic. And if I'm correct, it's the uh, the prequel to Renfield, right? Yeah, this is the prequel? Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're definitely attached. <laughs> In some way. <laughs> uh, but before we get to that, Jarman, what have you been up to since last time we talked? Oh, well, last time we talked was a while back, I think, for us, recording schedule-wise. And, yeah. Uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, – I finished a play that I was in, uh, and that was fun. Is the Irish one? The Irish one, yes. <laughs> and uh, that finished well. We had a good good audiences throughout. Um, you know, good people said it was fun to watch and cute. It was nice and sweet. And then there's a lot of wedding planning. Uh, I have a wedding coming up in July 15th, and we've been doing a lot of uh, sit-downs with the catering and the the um, uh, the photography, the DJs, and all that stuff. Just trying to figure out how it's going to work because Steven's going to be there. He's one of my two best men, so it's going to be great. Um, but yeah, I'm a great dude. <laughs> he is a best man of some sorts. Uh, but yeah, so that's been all-consuming and stressful, but also just a lot of work. So that's what I've been up to. But Steve, you've done a lot since our last recording. What's been up with you? All right, I moved across the country. Yes, you did. <laughs> uh. I bought a house. Oh, my goodness. I started a new job. Any one of those things are life changes that you can claim on your insurance. <laughs> I We immediately pulled out all the carpet and padding from the house. Oof. Anna spent like a week and a half or almost two weeks sanding mm. and sanding <laughs> and then sanding some more. And then had, we stained the floor this last weekend, stained mm. the entire upstairs floor, paid a guy to come in and put a drop floor on the bottom floor. Nice. Um, and then did polyurethane. Mm-hmm. So she's been doing coats on all the all the boards and stuff. Uh, and we hope that we are going to move in on Sunday, like actually start spending nights there. Oh, and there we oh, hear Steve's no. in the basement right now of his brother's house, and there Lucy might be footsteps and people having, running around. <laughs> is having a shit fit. Oh, my, my brother's kid is having a shit fit upstairs. Oh no! How old is she now? She's eight or seven. Seven coming up on eight. Oh, I had plenty of shit fits when I was seven and eight, so I get it. <laughs> so if you hear um, something, folks, we're in transition, and we were always two episodes ahead in our recording schedule, but this is like live coming out tomorrow because we're now we're playing fast and loose, fast and loose for a little while until we get all moved in and, and, and settled here. So it's going to be, we are at our most dangerous (laughs) 
And that same thing might happen around wedding time. So we'll see. Uh, but um, yeah, that's, that's that's a lot, Steve. You handle it okay? Man, you, you coping? I'm just tired a lot because the issue is, is like, like weekends and days off haven't been days off. We've been going over to the house by like 8 or 8.30 and oh, working yeah. pretty much all day. And then coming home, leaving the kids with like either my brother and his wife or my parents and then like seeing them at the end of the day. It's like, I haven't seen my children. Oh. Ann and I have not had any meaningful time together. I have not had a day off for like a real day off in 20 days or 25 days or something like that. It'll all be so worth I'm just, it. I'm ready to be done. Like I'm ready to have a day. But it is nice that you're in a place where you have family that can watch the kids and that kind of thing. So that's great. That's been that's been immeasurable. Exactly. Like being able to leave them with people we trust and just walk away. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll be okay. They'll be safe. They'll be taken care of. Yeah. That is nice. Well, I hope uh, it all works out well for you because we're going to come God, visit. I hope. We'll be there again in Pittsburgh sometime. <laughs> uh, but now, as we have some feedback, I heard. We do. So our last episode, we talked about the original Dungeons and Dragons movie. Uh, because of, in honor of the new one coming out, which I saw, by the way, and it was so amazing. It might be the first movie I buy on a Blu-ray or 4K or whatever the fuck people buy things on now because it was so – have you seen it, Steve? Uh, yes, a stork Brought delivered a copy amongst <laughs> uh, amongst the move. And how you, would you like it? Um, I thought that it was good for – for like real hardcore D&D fans did enough fan service but didn't linger on it right either you know it and you got the reference or you didn't it told a comprehensible story mm-hmm. in a decent sequence with good pacing some of the character stuff nah I was more or less not intrigued by okay specifically the paladin character just didn't just didn't grab me I love the stereotype though of the overly Lawful good Over, paladin yeah, being overly jack, like a dumbass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of an idiot, and I love that. So in that regard, yes, I guess that's also a reference. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree. I think like this is better than any other Dungeons and Dragons movie that's come out, and better than I'm going to say any other video game based movie that's ever come out. Maybe it was a really good fantasy movie. It was just I love it. it was so funny. It was just did not take itself seriously, but still paid service to fans and actually had a compelling story. That I wanted to follow. like So, yeah, I, I just think it was really well done. But anyways, our episode about that, uh, we referenced how Richard O'Brien, who played uh, – I forgot his, the name of the character in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Was in the um, – The, the Handyman. Yeah. He was in the Dungeons & Dragons original movie and talked about a maze in that movie. And Daniel Peter Hitch from the Tem- Temporal Trek podcast and Cosmic Pizza podcast said – Always enjoy the nerdy co-hosts as their nerdy audience. Was not expecting a Crystal Maze slash Richard O'Brien reference. It's been so long since watching D&D 2000. Forgot he was in it. Uh, to which I said, always knew him from Rocky Horror, but I've never seen Crystal Maze. But now that I know it was so popular, I'm going to have to do some YouTubing to check it out. And he responded, oh, yeah, oh hell yeah. It was addictive. Must watch TV back then. O'Brien was brilliant. Think Legends of the Hidden Temple as a team building session for adults. And instead of six teams, it's uh, one team a week, usually made at the accounting department from Brumblebread Tech Company in Slaw. <laughs> so, so, yeah, usually it's like an accounting department of some company would come on on the show and be like the, the contestants and see who wins. And what the fun part was, 
Uh, after that message, uh, the Crystal Maze blog responded with a video for us to watch of the intros for the Crystal Maze. Um, <laughs> and unfortunately, their video they shared wasn't available in our country, so we couldn't watch oh. it. <laughs> so we had a few back and forth, and they finally, uh, Peter Hitch show, uh, sent us, Daniel Peter Hitch showed us some uh, clips that we could actually watch. And uh, we had a great back and forth with the Crystal Maze blog and stuff about like how 90s this TV show was. It was nuts. And apparently the guy at the Crystal Maze blog says he has a drinking game with friends. where They try to guess how old the people are from the clips and videos of the contestants that they see on the Crystal Maze. Because <laughs> it's all from the 90s and it's very 90s-tastic. So I recommend anyone who has not seen it, go check it out. It's it's pretty wonderful. Uh, yeah, so that was a whole thing that spawned just from my episode of, that, we, that we talked about Crystal Maze. What can I say? We got a huge following in the UK. It's true. And I think that brings us to uh, some nerdy news. Yeah. It's time for Nerdy News. All right, I just talked a whole bunch, but I'm going to talk a little bit more. So we got uh, Nerdy News here. Star Wars Celebration 2023 just made some pretty big announcements. A lot of stuff we knew about, but some stuff we didn't. Uh, Three new movies are coming out that we were not aware of before. Uh, the director from Indiana Jones 5, Logan, and Deus Ex Machina, James Mangold, who I've loved all of those movies. Well, not five yet. I haven't seen that yet. He will direct um, a Star Wars movie that's based thousands of years in the past and will focus on the first ever Jedi, which I think was sounds pretty awesome. Okay. Uh, Dave Filoni, who you might know from his name of producing tons of Star Wars TV shows and such. Um, he's now directed a bunch of episodes of like the Mandalorian and other Star Wars TV shows. He's going to direct a movie as well. And it's going to be taking place in the same time period as a lot of the Disney plus shows, pr- probably Mandalorian and Ahsoka. Those are all taking place in the same time. Uh, Book of Boba Fett, that kind of thing. And then Ray is set to return from a new movie uh, that's setting right after rise of the Skywalker. And it'll be about the rebuilding of the Jedi order. So that's interesting as well. What do you think of those three movies, uh, Steve? I like the the like far prequel one. Right, me too. Thank God, anything that gets us away from the Skywalker saga. <laughs> yes. I thought we were done. If anything, the Ray one, like, oh, cool, it's great, but like, I'm so ready. There's such a big universe. Why do we keep coming back to the same six characters? Yes, and there were all those over books, and over all the books of the legends. Now they're calling it the things that are not canon anymore. There's so many great stories they can tell. So just go back farther. Yeah the same universe um what was the third movie which one was that uh dave filoni is going to make a movie uh that's going to be kind of bringing together characters that are in the tv universe right now oh they've been setting that crap up you're gonna get boba you're gonna get mando you're gonna get ahsoka exactly you're gonna get that wookie guy <laughs> the black uh soccer or whatever his name is yeah black sucker what was his name <laughs> i don't it's black something He was called black something even though yeah he's just a dark looking woogie but they called him black something get the 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 assassin lady in there ming na wen yep yeah it'll happen <laughs> that'll yeah, be fine like that's what they've been setting up for it's fine but i'm most excited for the james mangold because he is an amazing director and if he's gonna do a the first jedi movie that sounds badass like i would i will totally watch that um, and then for teasers that were released, uh, we have Andor Season 2, Skeleton Crew, Ahsoka, and Acolyte. Uh, Skeleton Crew is apparently a new series that's like Star Wars, but Goonies. So kind of like 
Jude Law is teaching a bunch of kids stuff, and it's set in the New Republic era, so the same time period as The Mandalorian, and described as a coming-of-age story. It centers on a group of 10-year-olds trying to find their way home after getting lost in the galaxy. So that's a thing that's happening. Um, Acolyte is a show based on the High Republic era as well, or High Republic era, so that's before the New Republic. It's way back in the time, before the events of Phantom Menace, uh, when the Jedi were all in power. And apparently it'll be a mystery thriller that will see a former Padawan and her old Jedi master on the case of a string of crimes, which leads them to encountering sinister forces. Um, so that's what Acolyte's based on. Kind of like a film noir kind of show um, set when the Jedis were in full power. Um, so all over the place here. And Ahsoka we know about because it's uh, she's a spinoff of the Mandalorian show and also a character that's been around from the cartoon shows for a long time. That'll release in August. Um and apparently the big surprise is that it will feature Admiral Thrawn, uh, played by Lars Mikkelsen, an actor you probably recognize if you saw his face. But he also voiced him in Star Wars Rebels, and he's a huge character from the books over the decades. Apparently a fan favorite. Blue face guy. He's going to be in the show. Um, and there was teasers for Bad Batch Season 3 and Tales of the Jedi Season 2, but I've not seen any of those because they're all cartoon shows that I don't watch. I'll probably watch them at some point, but I've not seen any of them. Uh, Steve, any thoughts on all that stuff? <laughs> Nah, I mean, the noir thing doesn't sound interesting to me. Like, oh, let's do a noir thing with Jedi. So it's like, so detective, but they all have magic powers. <laughs> like, aren't they just going to be able to know when someone's lying to them and I know when something bad is about to happen? <laughs> yeah. Like, that feels stupid, but who am I to, to judge? <laughs> Skeleton crew, I don't even know what to make of this concept. Jude Law teaches kids coming of age stories. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Accurate. I don't know. Uh, and Ahsoka is going to be good. Grand Old Thrawn is much anticipated. Right. You're going to get a callbacks from Rebels. Um, in fact, there was uh, recently a Mandalorian. I think there was a character from Rebels that showed up. I did see something about that. Yeah. Um, so they're building a bigger universe, and that I'm okay with. At least they're not talking about Skywalkers. <laughs> like, I'll give them credit. And they've wanted Ahsoka's Thrawn a little for close, decades. but, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it feels like they, they've they said they're like, we're pulling back on the Marvel stuff. We're going to do less movies and less TV shows. And it feels like as that's going down, they're like, we're really going to push Star Wars. I do feel like this is too much. They could use like one or two less of each of these, like have two movies coming out, one TV show coming out. Like there's just there's too much at one time. But, Agreed. you know, who knows? Anyway, so I think that brings us to our main segment. Uh Vampire's Kiss. Vampire's Kiss. Yeah. So uh, this is a 1988 movie, Vampire's Kiss, uh, with Nicolas Cage. And a popular meme came from this. Um, this I feel like there's three or four popular memes be. that came from this. A, B, C, D, A, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, A. And then him just staring at the camera with this big smile that it also came from this movie. So I guess first we'll talk about what happens in this film. Uh, as the movie opens, we see Peter Lowe, a literary agent who has the typical 80s business bro, tons of drinking and cocaine, partying, sleeping with random chicks, and is terrible to his coworkers and his employees, especially Alva. Poor, poor Alva, but we'll get to more to her later. Uh, he's seeing a therapist, thankfully, but he doesn't tell her everything that's going on with him. And it just goes on strange rants like the ABC rant and is being really belligerent to her. He appears to be seeing one girl in particular on the regular named Jackie. 
Uh, she seems nice, but also matches him in crazy because she's very strange. He takes her home from the club to sleep with her one night. And before they can have sex, a bat flies in the window and scares them enough to stop and get dressed. And he's unable to catch it. But the next day, he tells his therapist about the incident, but also mentions that he is pursued. But as he was pursued by the bat, it made him really horny for some reason. She's like, oh, let's table that for next time. Uh, then he takes Jackie to an art museum, but gets bored and abandons her. Um, and this is back in the day without cell phones, so she can't just call him and figure out where the hell he went. And that night, he goes to another club, and he meets another chick there and takes her home. And her name is Rachel. And they are about to do it. And she suddenly reveals she has fangs and bites him, seemingly drinking his blood. Oh, my gosh, he's a vampire. The next morning, though, Rachel is nowhere to be seen. He has no injury on his neck. And he seems to be talking to her, even though she isn't there. He then cuts himself shaving right in the neck where the spot would be where she would have bitten him the night before. This is when he starts believing that he is turning into a vampire. He starts thinking he's sensitive to light. He's wearing sunglasses indoors. And he thinks he can't see his reflection in mirrors, even though we as the audience can see his reflection. He even goes to a store to buy fake vampire fangs since he's not actually growing any himself. Uh, he continues to think Rachel is visiting him every night to have sex and drink his blood, and he continues to talk to her the next morning when she's not actually there. All the while, he's completely terrible during this whole time during it, to his secretary, Alva, at work, who he, who's, he's tasked with finding this contract and a huge stack of files that will take weeks to find this one contract. First, he just screams at her at work. Then he chases her down the corridor like he's going to attack her. Then when she calls in sick because she's so afraid of him, he goes to her home to apologize just so he can trick her into coming back into work to keep looking for the contract. During all of this, she has a gun with no bullets in it just to protect herself in the subway. So she tries to actually get bullets for it for her uh, for, to protect her from her boss, from her brother to protect her. But he only has blanks because his boss doesn't like having real bullets. So he only has blanks. This comes important later. This leads to his final interaction with Alva, where he is full on attacking her. So she draws the gun to shoot him uh, and she was just around him to scare him. But he begs her to actually shoot him when she doesn't. He attacks her. He then takes her gun and tries to take his own life. But when he shoots himself in the head, it does nothing because she only has blanks in the gun. So now he really thinks he is a mortal vampire. And we then find out later on in the movie that after this, he apparently rapes her while she's unconscious. Now thinking he's a full vampire, he goes to a club to find someone to drink their blood. Oh, and before this, he had experimented with drinking blood by first eating a cockroach and then by drinking the blood of a pigeon in his apartment. Uh, he then walks around the club like he's Nosferatu and finds this isolated woman and kills her by biting into her neck with his fake fangs, the fake plastic fangs. He then goes down to the dance floor and sees the real Rachel that he originally slept with. She barely recognizes him, and she's now with another guy. He screams that he loves her and that he's a vampire like her now, and security grabs him and kicks him out. So now he's roaming the streets, covered in blood, crazed like thinking he's a vampire. He finds a piece of wood in the streets that resembles a stake and asks passersby to kill him with it. He then starts to hallucinate a session with his therapist where he tells her that she has or he, she tells him that he has, she has another client that he would be perfect for in a relationship. He then confesses to her that he has raped and murdered, and she says that's totally okay, and he should just go live his life with this new love that she, he's hallucinating. He now starts heading home with his newly hallucinated love interest. Meanwhile, Elva has told her brother Emilio what happened, so he drives with her to Peter's apartment to kick some ass. 
Peter has entered his apartment, has already gotten into his, an argument with his imaginary girlfriend in his apartment that's been completely destroyed by this, this time in the movie. He's destroyed his apartment throughout the movie. Peter starts to throw up from the blood that he actually drank um, and covers himself in his upturned sofa to act like a coffin. Emilio enters, finds him, throws over the sofa, and Peter begs him to kill him with the stake of wood that he has there. Emilio obliges brutally and stabs him with the plank and leaves the apartment. And it ends with Peter slowly dying as he sees the imaginary Rachel vampire staring at him one last time. And that we have Vampire's Kiss, a very strange movie. So, Steve, give me some thoughts. <laughs> okay. So, some things I liked. It was, even though it was eccentric, it was consistently eccentric. Right. It kept the same tone throughout the whole movie so i put crazy but consistent <laughs> uh alva restrepo who played his secretary uh maria uh really did her utmost to stand up against the absurdity of nicholas cage oh she did a she great was job. really there trying to sell this insanity yeah <laughs> um and i this is kind of love hate once he got the vampire teeth, the absurdity escalated dramatically, <laughs> and you thought the movie was already nuts, and and then it's like a car where you're like, oh, we're going so fast, and you go, wait a minute, there's another gear. <laughs> like, that's what they found in this movie. We're going even farther now. <laughs> there's a fifth gear? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, disliked, there were some major pacing issues. Um, specifically in the second act with him getting crazier and crazier and him like being more, more abusive towards the secretary, it got really repetitive and it didn't develop anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then things really fell off at the end. And this is sort of my issue is this is clearly supposed to be like in his psyche that all this is happening. Right. But there were enough kind of weird, almost unexplainable things earlier in the film that they didn't make clear were him hallucinating. Right. So like, it looks like that woman drinks his blood. It looks like she has vampire fangs. It looks like they do it multiple times and he's becoming her thrall. Like there's nothing in that scenario to make us believe necessarily that something's not happening, that he's hallucinating it. Well, the very next morning he's in the kitchen in like the, the shower talking to no one who's there. Like, so you're kind of like, oh, he's he hallucinated this whole thing. But it wasn't it wasn't until the very end when he's like literally covered in blood with a piece <laughs> of wood talking to himself while having this fantasy about his therapist. Yeah. That it's like, oh, okay, this really is all in his mind. Because even before that, at the club, he has that moment where he spots the woman and they have that full conversation. Mm-hmm. And then she's with a guy and pretends not to know him which easily could have been construed as like, even if she was a vampire, she's just making him look crazy. Well, she says like, Oh, I remember you. How are you doing? It's just like, she said she did like, she knew him, but she hadn't seen him for a long time. Right. right, right. But even that could be just, but that's the thing. Like, right. The whole thing is he was trying to reveal that she was a vampire in front of a crowd of people. But also, did you notice it was a different actress? Really? Yeah. So the actress, he initially, it is when he goes to hit on her in the, the cubicle or not the cubicle, the, 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 what do you call it? at the uh at a restaurant what's it called a booth yeah the first time he hits on her in the booth it's that same actress and then as soon as it's back at his apartment it's a totally different actress jennifer beals who's 
actually white, but the actress who, who he meets at the beginning and at the very end, that's a, a like a mixed actress. Um, it's it's not the same actress. It's not just right, but that's the beats. girl he's dating though, right? No, no, no. He's dating. He's dating like yeah, probably like a mixed person as well. But that's a different actress entirely. So like, it's not this. There's three different actresses. One, the girl he's dating. One, the girl he meets in the booth. And then there's the vampire. But then he goes back to meeting that girl in the booth later on. It's a totally different actress. See, I'm not buying that. I'm I'm watching this. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at this cast guide, not an IMDb, and I'm not seeing a third actress oh, that meets I will, your description. I will, I will prove it. I'll prove it. I'm not happening. seeing a third actress that meets this description. <laughs> I but see anyways. Cassie Lemons, who played the woman he was dating and then fell off with. I see Jennifer Beals, who played the vampire chick through and through. Right. Maria uh, Conchita Alonzo, who played Alva. Might be Sharon. Who's Sharon? Nope, that's his, uh, that's his secretary, I think. No, it's Maria Conchita Alonzo as the secretary. Uh, no, not that, not that secretary. The other secretary. Oh, got it. His, like, his secretary, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'll need to rewatch it. I probably won't, but maybe I will. <laughs> Oh no, that's the girl he kills. Never mind. Yeah, there you go. Still, I think it's a different, it's a different actress. If you go back and look, look at your. Uh, I'm the, not going to copy the story. Watching this movie, it's definitely a different actress. For no, sure, I watched this on Pluto TV. Oh, on Pluto TV, it was available. Yeah. yeah, Pluto TV has a lot of old, shitty, free movies, and this was amongst them. <laughs> um. So overall, eccentric, fun crazy weird pacing odd storytelling choices um and i think anna's uh anna's comment was it's a really bad version of american psycho <laughs> yes well we'll get into that later because that actually comes into play um my good things though i think it's actually i will back this up because when i was watching this i thought it was very much like a david lynch um like American psycho type of movie as well. Um, those like Chuck Palahniuk movies like fight club and, and those kind of things. Very surreal, strange because at first I, I hear that accent from Nick Cage. That he's using this whole movie and I was like, what the hell's going on? But then the whole movie got really surreal and weird. So I think it's actually really good acting from Nick Cage throughout. Like it was, he consistently, as you said, consistently was weird throughout this whole performance. Um, and when he starts to lose his, lose his mind, I really believe it. Um, another good thing is uh, the mood and the whole feeling of this movie feels like a, a, an art film almost. I was not expecting this. We saw like a horror comedy film from the 80s, and I was not expecting this kind of movie to come out of it. It's very weird. Um, but also, like like you said, uh, the Mistrepo, her character of Alva, like people bouncing off of Cage's vibes, the therapist, they all did very well not reacting to how he was being crazy and just being kind of more normal. Um, but like you said, also the way it, it, um, it kind of dragged because the way he was tormenting Alva, the secretary, it just, we didn't get a good explanation of why he was doing that so much. It didn't feel motivated by the rest of the movie. Like, yeah, he's, beco- he's becoming a vampire. Why is he treating her like garbage? Like, what is the motivation behind this? And it just felt repetitive. Like you said, like, I feel bad for Alva. Why is he doing this? This is not related to the movie. This is terrible. Um, but also, we don't know what caused him to lose his mind. Why is he losing his mind? I wish they gave some explanation to why this happened. Yeah, like he's in therapy at the beginning of the movie, but yeah. that's kind of the only insight we get. 
I didn't like that either. Like we have no reason why this person is going nuts. So that kind of bothered me. Um, and also just like, we don't like the protagonist. This is something I didn't like either. Like I get there's some movies that have an anti protagonist, but when he, be, he admits to becoming a rapist and a murderer, and it's just like, we have no reason to have any kind of sympathy or anything for this character. He's just completely terrible. Um, even from the get go, he doesn't go from a good guy to a bad guy. He's just always terrible. So like, I didn't like that about the movie that like, there's no feeling for him at all. He's just awful the whole time. <laughs> so agreed. That's a thing. Um, yeah. So some trivia for this film. So we want to do. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Nick Cage, if you want to watch this movie, he eats a cockroach live on film, and it's real. It took three takes, so he ate three cockroaches. Uh, about the experience, he said, every muscle in my body didn't want to do it, but I did it anyway. And the cockroach scene was entirely Nick Cage's idea, a decision he greatly regretted later on. Uh, Cage also received a number of calls from animal rights activists about the scene and defended his actions by asking them if they could honestly declare that they'd ever, they'd never used a can of raid in their homes. <laughs> so he ate three cockroaches for this movie. Disgusting. Um, Christian Bale had used Nick Cage's performance in this film as inspiration for his role as Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. And I thought the same thing as Steve. I'm like, oh my God, this reminds me so much of American Psycho. And that's because Christian Bale uses his inspiration for that film. Makes so much sense. Um, yeah. Peter's uh, Nick Cage's strange accent is supposed to be a fake accent used by the character because he thinks he sounds more elegant and smarter. Hence the literary agent job. The accent comes and goes throughout the movie and is more prominent when trying to impress people and less in scenes with people uh, like the psychiatrist or is being more of himself. Um, in a 2018 GQ interview, Nick Cage uh, stated this is his favorite movie that he's ever made was this movie. <laughs> 2018 um, in the DVD commentary director of this movie, Robert Bierman reveals that the furniture and glass Peter or Nick Cage destroys in his apartment uh, after his girlfriend dumps him is all real furniture and glass. The scene could only be shot in one take. Two cameras were on the set for the shot and only uh, and one of them broke during that time. And he still can't believe how he allowed Cage to perform such a potentially hazardous stunt on, on screen. It's it's nuts. Um, and during the scene where Peter catches a pigeon, this is Nick Cage as well, the pigeon was actually drugged in order for Nick Cage to easily catch it. But Cage wasn't told that the pigeon was drugged, which is nuts. And for the role of Nick Cage that he had this part of uh, Peter Lowe, Judd Nelson, Sylvester Stallone, John Travolta, Arnold, and Arnold Schwarzenegger were all considered for the role of this Peter Lowe character. And the last one. Uh, the shots of him walking down the street at the end where he's clearly insane and talking to himself were filmed with a long lens from a distance. And the people walking past him are actual folks unaware that a movie is being filmed because he wasn't that famous at the time. So they didn't really recognize him. And right. There's a couple that says where he says to them, I'm a vampire. Kill me while holding a stake. Those people aren't actors, but real pedestrians passing by who have no idea they're filming a scene and their reactions are genuine. So it's a weird film overall, and these things make it even stranger. The trivia behind it is just nuts. So, Vampire's Kiss, folks. That's a thing. <laughs> so, Steve, you got a bit for us? Uh, do I? Let me switch over to my Apon Secrets tab. Secrets. All right. I'm calling this one. You got bit? <laughs> Very appropriate. That's right. It's a bit called You Got Bit. I love it. 
Uh, I'm going to name 10 actors oh. who have portrayed vampires okay. in film. And you get a point if you can tell me the movie. I love it. All right. Are you ready to play? You got bit. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Antonio Banderas. Oh, I know this. Um, is it Dust Till Dawn? No, that's incorrect. It's Interview with a Vampire. That's right. Of course. Damn it. All right. Jude Law. I know I've seen it too. Uh, Dracula 2000. No, this one was harder. Immortality. Oh, I think I've seen it. Yep, I think I've seen it. All right. Willem Dafoe. Mm, he did it in that Alaska vampire movie. Um, Something about darkness. Something, 40 Days of Darkness? 40 Days of Night. No, that is incorrect. <sighs> he was in uh, Shadow of the Vampire. Shadow. Oh, where he, played he played the actor portraying Nosferatu. He also played a vampire in 2009's Cirque de Freak <laughs> with John C. Riley. <laughs> I've also seen Shadow of the Vampire where he plays Count Orlock. Yeah, or- you and I, I remember you making me watch that. Yeah, I remember. It's a, it's a good flick. It's a good flick. All right. Gary Oldman. Dracula. Uh, yeah. What's his face is uh, Dracula. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it to you. It's Bram, Bram Stoker's, Stoker's Dracula. Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Absolutely right. Thank you. Oops, I played both the sounds. There we go. <laughs> All right. Cheech Marin. That will be Dust Till Dawn. That is from Dust Till Dawn. You're absolutely <laughs> yes. correct. All right. Parker Posey. Ooh. That's a good one. I feel like that's a comedy. Uh, let's go scary movie. No, Blade Trilogy. Blade Trinity. Trinity, Trinity. yes. I love the Blade movies. All right. Chloe Grace Moretz. Uh, The Let the Right One In. I'm going to give it to you because it was the adaptation of that film. Let the Right One In is the original name of the film. It's called Let Me In was the American. Ah, well, thank you for giving that to me because I got the original. Because you knew the right thing. (laughs) I saw it. I saw the original and the new one. It was very good. All right. Kellen Lutz. Fucking Lutz. Um, that one, I have no idea. <laughs> That'd be the Twilight movies. Oh, okay. All right, there's two left. I've seen those two. <laughs> Danny Trejo. Um, is that also, is that Dust Till Dawn sequel? That is, it's for Dust Till Dawn. Okay, good. Okay, you got good. it, you got it. <laughs> He plays the bartender. Right, right. I thought he did. <laughs> All right. This is your last one. Christopher Lee. So many. But he played Dracula a few times. He did. Um, Dracula Returns. Is that is that one of them? No. Um, so he played Dracula in a series of films called The Horror of Dracula. Hmm. And then in 1971, recounted the role in simply Count Dracula. Okay. I would never have known that. <laughs> I knew he played it before. All right, German, you got one, two, three, four out of ten. Yay. Not bad for you got bit. <laughs> but also not great. 
<laughs> not great either now. <laughs> well, that brings us to some uh, radical recommend. I recommend. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. All right, some quick radical recommends here. Uh, I just uh, had a chance to rewatch the John Wick trilogy because I was getting prepared to maybe see John Wick 4, which I don't know when I'll see it, but it's actually really fun now that I will see it in succession because they basically take place right after each other. Um, I watched them as they came out, and you just don't remember all the details, but they are really fun. They go well together. It all connects, and Keanu Reeves is a joy. Um, the fight scenes are fantastic, and the mythology they're building is kind of fun. Um, so yeah, I recommend watching those. Uh, if you have already seen them, watch them together. If you have the opportunity to, or at least close together. Um, and then honorable mention, I'll mention barbarian movie came out about one or two years ago, a uh, horror film. If you're into horror flicks, it's really weird, gross, funny, strange, and entertaining. And it's got Justin long. Who's a terrible person, uh, bill Skarsgård and something you've totally never seen him in before. And, uh, this main actress I haven't seen before, Georgina Campbell. She's really good, um, but it's just, it's scary and it's weird and it's fun, but also funny. Like, it's really good. Have you seen either of these things, Steve? Uh, I mean, the John Wick trilogy, yes. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the new one. I haven't either. seen yeah, four. I haven't either. Uh, and I've heard of Barbarian, but don't really know anything about it. Well, if you're into horror films, but also ones that are fun and funny, but also really scary and dark, uh, it's it's one of them. It's good. Okay. Uh, it's on, think of Netflix, I think. Uh, one I of like Justin Long. Yeah, he's always entertaining. And he was, he's a different kind of part for him in this movie too. It's funny. Uh, so okay. it's, it's worth checking out. It's a lot. All the previews all said it was like the scariest movie of the last decade. And it's like, yeah, it was, it was scary, but it was really funny too. Like this is a fun, funny movie. So you will shit someone <laughs> else's pants. Exactly. And they all said it was, that was all the, uh, the advertising, but it was really funny. It was a fun movie. So, but it was, yeah. Anyways, worth seeing. But yeah, that's uh, some recommendations. Here's some uh, trailer reviews. Trailer reviews. All right. This week on trailer reviews, we've got the new trailer for the much anticipated (laughs) The Marvels. Yeah. Bringing together Captain Marvel. We don't know what she's going to be called. Maria Rambeau. Maybe Photon. We're not sure yet. Yeah. And Miss Marvel. Uh from television likewise this movie was teased at the end of the miss marvel television show right. and now we get to see the premise where carol danvers miss marvel and uh, rainbow are switching places as they use powers they are somehow interlocked and therefore have to go on an adventure together to accomplish something huge yeah it seems like in the beginning at least that whenever they use their powers they switch places with another of the three or something like that yeah that's that's how I gauged it. I yeah, it looks that way. Um, I think this looks fun. I really liked Miss Marvel. Me too. Yeah, uh, the show. Um, the Captain Marvel movie wasn't my favorite, but maybe this will bring it back for me. You know what I wish is that we had a movie with well, hopefully soon with Peter Parker and and uh, Kamala Khan because yeah, they're both that'd be like great. around the same age. They're both silly and fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Like street level. Avengers. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, we need more of that. We need more street level. They'd stuff. be buddies too. Like they, they're both goofy and funny and cool and fun. Um, but I, li- I like the di- dynamic of the three of these people in this movie. Like 
two of them being kind of more serious and her Kamala Khan just being like, what's going like, on? Literally a, literally a fan girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I also love that uh, incels are going to lose their minds over this because it's a three women in a movie and good. I hope they lose their and minds. And no guys to be seen. Yeah, I like that a lot. Except for, you know, um, what's his face? Um, yeah, who's he what? Samuel Jackson, who's in every movie. <laughs> but he's, oh, yeah. yeah. He's in this too, but. I mean, he's getting old. He needs the money. <laughs> he's he's been like four hundred movies. He's fine. He's like seventy something though. Yeah, probably almost eighty at this point. But he's doing fine, yeah, man. Um, Let's see how old is Samuel L. Jackson? <laughs> Seventy four. I'm gonna guess. Samuel <laughs> Jackson. Samuel Jackson. He's seventy four. He's oh seventy four years old. Good, good guess. guess. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's he's fine. He's doing all right, but he, yeah, he's getting older. He's got a lot left. For in there. contrast, Lawrence Fishburne only sixty one. Lawrence Fishburne's only sixty one, right? I think he'd be a lot older than that. I know. I gauged it wrong too. Damn. Well, there you go. Uh, well, so my my I think my rating for this movie is uh, Gary Busey and Raul Julia, and Gary's like, all right. Now every time I use my powers, we're gonna switch places. <laughs> and he closes his eyes and squints them really hard and then runs over to where Rule Julia is standing and pushes Raul. <laughs> and he opens his eyes like, see, I teleported. We switched places. <laughs> but what does Raul Julia say? <laughs> Can I please go back to bed now? It is four in the morning. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Well, I'm going to have uh, my rating be one Gary Busey going, I don't like it. There's no white man in it. <laughs> and then uh, Raul Julia saying, you heathen, you are such a terrible incel. I can't believe I'm your roommate. <laughs> because somehow in the, the mythos of this show over the many years, Raul Julia and Gary they're Busey, roommates. they're roommates. They're That's like, just they're how like the odd couple <laughs> yes. but with, with way more drugs. I'm not watching the show. This movie, there's no there's no white man. In well, it. it's my night to control the remote. <laughs> this is what we watch. Last night, we watched Teletubbies on mute for four hours like you wanted. And tonight it is my turn. The night before that, we watched Blue Bloods over and over again. <laughs> now we're watching something more progressive. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anyways so that is uh the end of episode 169 of the a play on nerds podcast nights um join us next time in just a couple weeks for episode 170 where we're going to be watching the adventures of buckaroo bonsai across the eighth dimension and you know what that's an honor of folks another cowboy mission in space the guardians of the galaxy volume three which is coming out soon after that episode so Check in next time for the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension. That's right. Check in next week. Be our nerdy audience. We'll come back and be your nerdy co-hosts. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Feel free to email feedback at aplayonnerds.com with all your questions or comments. Shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter and earn yourself a sweet shout out on the show. Review us on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts so even more nerds can find us. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, we aren't picky. Check out our entire back catalog and other offerings at aplayonnerds.com. And how? How?